Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. We've officially reached the end of season four, and I just want to take the time to say a wholehearted thank you for being here. None of this is possible without you, and it means the absolute world to me that you give me your time. At the end of each season, I do a little top 10 recap of episodes that I want to make sure get heard from the season. I podcast five days a week, so a lot get lost. And that's what we're going to do today. So if you have been joining me this year and haven't already left a rating or review in iTunes or Spotify, that would mean the world to me. It's how we get the podcast to new amazing listeners just like you. But for now, happy holidays, friends. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you for season five. Well, friends, happy Monday. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to a new week in all of our lives. I am really happy to be here having coffee with you today. Um, I'm having iced coffee this morning with that oat milk brown sugar creamer from Trader Joe's we talked about last week. I just decided that's the silliest thing for me to be stressed about whether I buy or not. And and I'm, I'm grateful that I did. It's a joy. I, if you can't tell by my voice, have a cold. I'm not thrilled about it. <laughs> I feel like a baby. I was writing about how I get my journal about just like the conundrum of having a cold because it affects everything that you do, right? Like I have, I'm headachey, I'm stuffy, I'm disoriented. I feel really foggy, a little bit slow. I'm having a hard time like articulating my thoughts. And so everything in my life is impacted by it, right? But at the same time, it's not like the flu. Like it's not debilitating. I don't feel like taken out by it. So I technically can function as normal, but not functioning as normal at the same time, if that makes sense. Like it's like, I don't feel like I can just take off work and sleep. I don't even really have a desire to do that. Like I think when, with the flu, it's like you don't get a choice. Like you're tired, so you're tapped out. You have to just kind of like sleep. No, no, nothing you can do about it. It's not really like that with a cold. Like I have plenty of energy, but I just feel bad, you know? <laughs> I had like some things this week on my task list and I was kind of should I cancel? Should I keep it? You know, trying to communicate with people about like, I'm feeling sick to don't want to get you sick, but at the same time, how much should we do? And ultimately we ended up rescheduling everything, which I'm so grateful for because I am sick. <laughs> like, but at the same time, it's just strange. It's very strange. So that's what's going on with me. 
Which brings me to my three good things this week because number one is DayQuil. I used to be someone who did not take medicine, like when I would not feel good, like I just would try to power through for some reason, like some sort of like purist protest or something. And I have come to this year especially like medicine exists for a reason and sometimes you're just going to take it. And DayQuil is really what's getting me through. Uh, Getting to work, getting through the day, DayQuil is really propping me up right now. And also number two, which is mint tea. Mint tea is underrated. (laughs) Maybe it's overrated, like it is like the most commonly consumed tea, I feel like, in our... That's probably wrong. It's probably like a black tea or a green tea because it's a little bit ethnocentric of me to be like focused on the teas we drink here. But I just feel like mint tea is very common here. And... But at the same time... I don't know, it's just so good, especially when you're sick. It's just like breathing it in, having like a hot beverage, having the like menthol-y smell just kind of like go through your nose. Sometimes I'll put honey in it and I feel like this is the greatest luxury in the world. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's treating me nice. I've had like probably two or three cups a day. I'm just trying to like, I'm like coffee water mint tea on rotation except for the coffee it stops at a certain point but that's kind of been the gist the other good thing is that I finished my first scarf I've been learning how to knit and I finished my first scarf and I gave it to our kiddo and they're like really into it which makes me feel so touched like they're 11 and I don't know, they could be like way too cool for that, but they're like very excited and they're like, I can't wait to wear it to school. They they just like are so sweet and it feels amazing to be able to like make something with your hands into something that someone that you love can wear. That's a cool feeling. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting older <laughs> and this is just like part of aging, but I am getting really, I'm really into the whole knitting concept. Okay, let's get into what I've been thinking about this week. So this week I've been thinking about giving 45%. So I started my newsletter back up, which I tried to really get into doing last year. Didn't do as much of it as I hoped that I would. I kind of got the really into doing it right before holidays, right before I started vlogging every day and my book came out and then I was on vacation and then I was, you know, I was on sabbatical. Like, so it kind of just didn't catch on in my like weekly habits, but I started it back. And the thing that was keeping me from going back for so long too was that I was like, afraid I would fail at it. Like, not in, am I going to get enough followers, but just am I going to be able to sustain even doing this? Am I going to start it up and then lose steam and not be able to keep up with it? And then I realized, like, what does failure mean anyway? In most things in life, like, 
what is even failure? Like truly, like we can fail at goals that we have by like not meeting those goals, but we're getting to some portion of them, right? Like maybe I intend to, I have a goal to put a podcast out three days a week and let's say this was the flu and I couldn't put them out this week. Was I failing by not getting them out or was I sick? Or let's say I set a goal to get the newsletter out every week and then I just kind of lose steam for it or something else becomes a bigger priority or I realize it's not getting the results that I hoped it would. Maybe people aren't enjoying it as much as I'd hoped. Is it failing to like choose something else? To put my energy somewhere else? I feel like there's very few scenarios in our lives where we can like truly fail. And I think most of those are like graded tests, right? Like where there is like quite literally a pass-fail option. Maybe we like quit going to our job and we get fired, but maybe we get fired because circumstances. And it's not really like a personal failure, it's just a mismatch. So I think it's worth exploring like what even is failure? But also, you know, what? what is if we just try anyway? I got a question on Instagram on a Monday about the fear of marketing your business. And they were saying like, I'm a type one, I'm worried that about marketing, I haven't started marketing because I'm afraid of making mistakes. And I kind of answered it by saying, marketing in general is data collection, especially when it comes to content creation, right? Like, I mean, all marketing is data collection. It's just, am I doing market research by bringing people into a little room, asking them questions so that I can like target my content in the direction of what these people in this tiny room say who happen to be my ideal demographic? That's data collection. But with content creation, it's like you're throwing a ton of stuff at a wall and you just see what catches on. So with content creation, right, it's like you're throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall, you see what gets picked up, and then you follow that energy. And in the conversation on Instagram, I was like, there's not a lot of failure that can happen with marketing because you just keep trying stuff. And I kind of realized like there are some consequences to bad marketing, right? But the consequences to bad marketing is it's stalled progress. Maybe your marketing isn't catching on so people aren't picking up what you're putting down and therefore they're not buying your products, right? Like it's, it's, it's not getting traction. But nothing stalls progress more than not marketing at all, right? Marketing that's bad could still catch maybe, you know, 0.02% of your audience, whereas like marketing that you're not doing is catching 0% of your audience. Like I would much rather catch that 0.02% and gain the data of the information that I need in order to improve my marketing, right? Like now we know what doesn't work, so let's try something that does work instead of focusing so much on like, I need to get it 100% right in my head because that's not even how marketing works, right? Because you can't perfectly market out the gate. Like you have got to test things, you have to. 
You have to talk to your ideal client. You have to, you know, put out things, see what gets picked up, see what doesn't get picked up. Like that's part of the process. And unless you do that, like you're just not getting any traction where you could be gaining some, a little bit of traction every time. And I think about it like this. If someone said, you can do this task, and if you do it perfectly, I will give you $100. But if you do it imperfectly, you'll only get the percentage of which you get right. So maybe $45. And if you don't do the task at all, you get no dollars. I'm going to choose doing as much as I can as well as I can. I'm going to get the little, however much I can get. $5 is better than no dollars, right? $90 is better than no dollars. But the trick that our brains play on us is that they tell us that doing nothing is better than taking the risk of not being perfect. So we stay on the sidelines, we give nothing, we get nothing in return when maybe we're not able to go out there and get 100% of what we have. Maybe we will go out there and we won't do 100%. We won't be able to do something perfectly, but at least we're going to get a little bit further than we were before. Maybe we hit that 45%. What is so wrong with 45%? When we unpack it, it seems sort of silly, right? Like in most cases, 45% is way better than 0%. So, I just want to embrace 45%. I want to do the best that I can with what I have. And then take that information, make adjustments, and do better next time instead of staying on the sidelines until I think that maybe one day I will be able to go out and execute it perfectly. Because I truly believe that perfection does not come from thinking our way to it. I think it comes from trial and error. Figure something out, trying something new, seeing that it doesn't work, making adjustments and doing it again. That, in my opinion, is how we eventually get to that 100%. Most of us are not going to get to 100% right out the gate. So what can we do this week at just 45%? That's what I've been thinking about this week. Now, let's talk about what happened last week. Last week, I started getting sick, and I am so proud of myself because I gave myself the weekend off of to just do nothing, and it felt like self-respect. Like, I felt like, you know what, this is what someone who respects themselves does. They don't obsess over all the things they could be doing or should be doing. They listen to their bodies, and they say, body is telling me to break, take a break. And so I'm going to listen to her. The second thing that happened last week is I had an intervention. My husband and my therapist both kind of separately came to me and were like, this isn't working. And what what had happened is I came out of sabbatical and I had just written up from my brain what I thought I should be doing every day when I return in order to meet the goals that I had for myself this year. And I expected myself to just be able to do whatever my brain had decided it should be able to do. And I know from experience not to always trust that impulse in myself because I tend to err on the side of overdoing. 
And so I started to realize I was working 10 hour days, multiple days a week, which is not what I stand for. <laughs> like I would never let you do that, right? But I was letting myself. And luckily my husband was like, something's gotta go. And my therapist was like, I don't think this is working for you. And they reminded me <laughs> that one of my goals when I went into 2023, when I was before sabbatical, was to go down to a four-day work week so that I could dedicate Fridays to writing. And I have basically done the opposite of that. I had expanded my task list and really expected myself to overperform. And so through that, my therapist and I kind of decided together I would cut the podcast down to three days a week. I would really work hard to pushing things to off of my Friday and really set the goal to have Fridays off. That is so scary, okay? <laughs> but I'm really proud of that being my goal. I'm going to work toward just my first experience with that this week and just see how it goes. And yeah, I'm really rooting for it. I'm really grateful to have both of them on my team to just remind me of the life I want to live, the kind of person I want to be, and the example that I want to set for the people who I engage with and, you know, practice what I preach kind of stuff. And the third thing that happened this week is I read Slouching Toward Bethlehem by Joan Didion, and I really liked it. I particularly liked section number two, where it was like much more personal essays on, you know, she wrote about like keeping a notebook. She wrote about like these personal different elements. And I found that really fun. I liked it more than I liked more of like her biopics. Although those were interesting, I, I much preferred her kind of speaking about herself. But that was my first Joan Didion book. So if you like Joan Didion and you have recommendations, please send them my way because I would love to read more things I'm feeling vulnerable about. Um, I'm feeling vulnerable about taking Fridays off, like making that happen. I feel nervous that like people are going to resent me. <laughs> I like that like my family will, like my husband will resent me, which he's promised he won't, but he's probably going to have to promise like 20 more times. I'm worried that you all will resent me somehow because I don't know. It's just, that's what worries are, I guess. Um, and I worry that like I'll end up giving it away to a bunch of other things that I won't be able to keep it as like a sacred writing day. I'm feeling vulnerable about being sick, um, recording a podcast when I'm sick. I'm worried that I sound terrible to listen to and also kind of in conjunction with that, I feel vulnerable about resting but I also feel vulnerable about not resting. Like when I'm working, I feel like I should be resting. When I'm resting, I feel like that's bad or wrong, right? And then um, I kind of in the same vein, I'm not going to the gym right now because I there's where I work out, it's a lot of like older people and I just don't wanna get anybody sick, you know? So I'm not going to the gym. So I feel vulnerable about not going to the gym because I really like that habit. I like it being a habit. I don't want to get out of routine. But then, right, I feel vulnerable going to the gym because I don't want to get anyone sick and, and be kind of a problem for someone else in their life. And so 
<sighs> it's a conundrum, this whole having a cold thing. <laughs> and I'm feeling proud of listening to my body and letting her have what she needs. I feel proud of doing what is best for me in order to sustain the work that I do. Going down to three days a week on the podcast was very scary, but I feel really proud of doing the right thing. And moving my po- moving Fridays to being like a sacred writing day, I feel proud of the, the potential of being able to do that. Um, and finally, I signed up for Medium. And I'm going to start writing blogs and articles there. And I feel really proud of doing that. I think it's going to be a really cool outlet for me to do some of my creative work in a different way. And can do more writing, which is always the goal. Now, let's get into what I intend to do next week. So when it comes to core desired feelings, my core desired feelings for the month of February are loving, effortless, and creative. So next week I will be loving by showing love to Obi through giving myself lots of me time because he's in a very busy season. And so the more that I can just tend to myself, make myself happy, the easier it's going to be on him being able to do what he needs to do for himself. So I'm going to focus on just making myself feel good, not relying on him to make that happen. For our kiddo, I'm going to feel loving by doing something fun together over the weekend. And for me, I'm going to be loving by working toward taking Fridays off. Create Creative, I'm going to go on an artist date this week, which we'll talk more about in just a second. And effortless is my third, and I will feel effortless this week by taking DayQuil and (laughs) letting it help me out. Not powering through, but just letting myself have the support that I need through medicine. And my self-care challenge. So last week, my self-care challenge was to actually take my breaks on my Pomodoros. So just a reminder, if you don't know what Pomodoros are, it's like these 25-minute work sprints, and then you take a five-minute break, and then you work for 25 minutes. And I used to just skip the breaks, if I'm honest, and just power through it. But this past week, my challenge was to actually take those breaks, and I found it so so great. I'm, I'm probably going to keep doing it forever. Um, I felt so supported. I felt like I could walk. I could t- t- stretches. I, you know, like br- breathe the fresh air. I loved my little breaks and it felt like the perfect little remix into like making my day more interesting. The other thing that it did for me is it helped me to really dedicate the chunks of time that I needed to my work. Like I felt like, okay, it takes me about 25 minutes to write a podcast or to outline a podcast. And that was really helpful for me because then I could, you know, complete something, take a break, complete something, take a break, instead of kind of just powering through my to-do list. It felt, it felt really good. So I'm going to keep doing that, I think. And then this week, I want to take myself out on a real artist date. So if you haven't read The Artist Way, it's a book by Julia Cameron all about creative recovery. My husband and I have been reading it together 
This is my fourth time reading it, I think, um, which is not like me. I'm not normally someone who like rereads things or rewatches movies. Like I'm definitely just like a one and done. But The Artist Way is kind of like this meditation on what it means to be an artist. And I really like to do it oft as often as I can. So we've been reading it together and it's been lovely. And I've been really trying to do my artist day in the book she recommends one week, one time a week going on <clears throat> some sort of date to get creatively inspired. You go by yourself, you do it uninterrupted, and it has to be something that's just for your inspiration. So I'm going to take myself on a true artist date this week. I'm not going to make it, you know, sometimes I'll be like, well, I went to the coffee shop. That counts. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to really try and think of something that will feel inspiring. And then what's coming up on the podcast this week? Um, it's weird to only tell you two episodes. Like, I feel like I, I don't know. It's it's an, it's an adjustment for sure. So I'm going to also add in YouTube <laughs> while we're here since I, I kind of have a little bit of more time. So Wednesday on the podcast, we are debunking the myth that creativity is only for creatives. And then Friday, I am answering your questions on making time for creativity. And then Wednesday on YouTube, I'm doing a day in the life of my productive habits. So this week is an invitation into your creativity and the ability to release that all or nothing mentality. I either have to give 100% or 0%. Um, that doesn't always serve us, and really embracing that 45%. I want to end today with a quote from Andre Tarkovsky. An artist never works under ideal conditions. If they existed, his work wouldn't exist. For the artist doesn't live in a vacuum. Some sort of pressure must exist. The artist exists because the world is not perfect. Art would be useless if the world were perfect. As man wouldn't look for harmony but would simply live in it. Thank you all so much for joining me today, and I will see you Wednesday for the next one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.